Hey guys, Dan Frigga, Let's Sexy People Podcast. Uh, we've run into some flag issues in the last couple weeks with our YouTube content. Uh, so we've been moving some of that content over to Dan Frigga, Let YouTube. The Sexy People Podcast YouTube is in peril uh, as we've been putting links in there that have now become illegal in the minds of YouTube. Uh, check us out back over at youtube.com slash Dan and we'll keep putting the full episodes there. Um, Stay tuned right now for the part one of Lexi Luna on the Sexy People Podcast. Sexy People Podcast. I'm Dan Fregalat. I'm here with Lexi Luna. Thank you for being my first, well, that's not even true. I was going to say my first re-in-person interview after the pandemic, but that's not true. This is just the closest I've been to a human being <laughs> after the pandemic. Uh, so thank you for being here. Of course. I love hanging out with you. You were like one of my first... Uh, major interviews in this thing. It's been like three years. It's been way more than three years. It's been it's been a year it's and a half. It's been like five years. It's been dude. one year, um, and you've done fantastic. We're not old. We're I'm not old. So I'm not years. saying you're old, but look at us. Like look at your leg right now. On right the couch. So I'm trying to like embrace. So all I, so I got fat. That's what, what happened. The, the people know theoretically that I've gotten ill and fat, but so ill and fat. Ill and fat. I'm unwell. Um, I'm unwell. And so I have calves. I still have calves. Oh, so yeah, I'm, I'm wearing calf pants. Calves. Some of my calf yeah, pants. Look at these. Mm. Right. And so these are. And then I've been wearing. What do they call them? They call them Hoochie Daddy uh, shorts. What are Hoochie Daddy? Hoochie Daddy shorts are like um, three to five inch inseam shorts. They're usually cotton. So you can show a lot of bulge. Do not show. Don't. No. That's what I'm Stop. doing. Stop that. That's what I'm doing. Stop it. Why? That's. Nobody needs to see bulge, first of all, unless they want to see bulge. That's, that's right. Like Don't look that. Thing. It's an at-home thing. No, I was in Florida. I had to oh, wear the bushy daddy shorts. that's different. Oh. Okay, if you're in Florida, yeah, anything goes down there. But that's also, it. it's so fucking hot that I do not blame you. That's true. I've lived in Florida twice now in two yeah. different areas, and it is just fucking hot. And where are you? Are we allowed to cuss on this? I'm sorry. No. Absolutely not. We're talking about pornography. You can please cuss. Um, I just want to make sure so you don't get like booted off of I'm already, I already <laughs> did. That's why we had to change the name. That's why we changed the name. Um, you said cuss. That's like the cutest shit I've ever heard. Cuss, yeah. Can we cuss here? Cuss, it's yeah. so, um, <laughs> it's so like 1994. Well, yeah, I'm a 90s, okay 90s person. Are you a 90s person? I was born in 89. I'm 33, you know, it's... You give your full stats out? Yeah, I don't give a fuck. That's great. I'm a MILF, honey. So we are in a, we are in a weird place, right? So like I was trying, I was telling you guys, one of the reasons I started this podcast was that I met a person trying to exit porn right when I got to New York and they were having the worst time. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a Mia Khalifa. There wasn't a um, Lisa Ann. There wasn't these people that like use their, their fame to then inform a new career. Right. Okay. So she was trying to like work in accounting at like Macy's and they were like, nope, you can't do it. No, you can't do that. Um, and so she just wanted to get out of her own shadow. So, what do you feel about? Um, I don't want to. I don't want to retire you. Well, how do? You, what do you feel about like 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 after career stuff? Or are you gonna be able to do this? And can you? Are we at a place where you can actually like um, fuck until you die on camera? Are we there? Oh my God, I don't think I want to. Do that. <laughs> I will perform as long as the fans want to see me perform. That's always been my like thing. Is yeah. That I'll do this as long as people aren't like, God, she's old. Well, <laughs> Maybe she should stop fucking for a living. How dare she? How dare she um, show her saggy titties? <laughs> I don't know how to say this without sounding completely pervy, 
I'm missing the people that were my age that have that have left. Mm -hmm. So the people that, that were my age did this thing. Thirty nine. They did this thing. Uh, depending, unless unless like MTV's watching and then I'm twenty seven. Um, <laughs> so they did this thing. They'll never hire you in your thirties. No, this is where I was. Literally, I had to take I had to take my age back a couple years because I was auditioning for stuff for mm -hmm. MTV and I was like thirty two. And they were like, "Listen, this is a network of 20s. And I was like, "Fuck you, D. Ray Davis is fifty-two years old, yeah. right?" And they're like, "He's black. It's different." Like, listen. Um, so what I was saying was, all the people that thirty-nine. I'm gonna I'm gonna name names. Do it. Okay. So oh, let's. Okay. So I'll mention my friends. So like people like Alexis Fox, mm -hmm. right? She's stayed Status in the business. Milk. Status she milk. stayed in the business, and as and as a result, she's like legacy, like veteran, etc. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And that's the first class of, of person, my age group, that stayed past mm -hmm. this mark. Oh, wow. Katie Morgan, whatever. Yeah, yeah. All the people before that, like, right when they got to that mark, they like they were like they were like thirty five, and they were like, we should leave. We should do something else. They trying to cram them into MILF, and then they were like, we have to just go start a family in Arizona and like change your name. So like, there's all these vacant accounts, like Sheena Shaw and Rachel Rocks, and most people have been making money with OnlyFans that are not. Right. And I still would love to see them. I would love to see all the people that are my age. I, I'll, I'll be happy to watch Alexis Fox um, into her 60s because I'll be 60. I'll still be you your know, fan. Okay, so I saw this meme the other day, and it had a picture of a young guy watching MILF porn and an older guy watching MILF porn. Right. And it said, uh, <laughs> the first one said, watching MILF porn because it's a fetish. And the second one said, watching MILF porn because it's age appropriate. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I'm talking about. I'm at that age. I'm at the age where I'm 39, so I can date someone my age. Uh, their mother or their daughter. Like, I'm in that yeah, sweet, sweet spot. spot. Yeah, yeah. Um, But so, I really do. I really, really like to, yeah, to have access to, like, it's weird if you're if you're 20 and you're looking for 80-year-old porn. But if you're 80, what? You want 80-year-old porn. Yeah. Or maybe, what's the cutoff, do you think? I don't know. This is such a what's the female interesting talk, talking yeah. point here. I don't know how we got here. I don't. I think you took us here because yeah, you're I'm feeling some certain way about yeah, your age. I'm old. <laughs> I stopped working. It's over for me. Yeah, fuck me. Um, Let me sit up so I can see. So, I don't know. There's got to be an age. There's got to be an age where it's like, that's fine. Because everything is arbitrary. Right? 18, being able to have sex 16, 17, 18, that's arbitrary. Well, we state don't talk about that until we're 18. State by state. And then, so then what's the cutoff? What's the cutoff where you can't have sex that we know about anymore? Let's make it right now. You know, I 72. don't think there is one because there are people like Nina Hartley who are just still... How old is Nina Hartley? 60s. 60s. Yeah. You know, she's still killing it. Right? Ciela D'Angelo, also killing it. Okay. You know, but, you know, I, I don't think that there's... That we've done porn in a way that is... There is an age cutoff yet because Nina Hartley's not there yet. Yeah. You know, I think Lena Hartley and, and Sally D'Angelo will lead the way. And it, and it really it comes down to the fact that, like, now that you have... Now that you're in touch with your fans, mm -hmm. and there's not other people yeah. between you and them, yeah. you can decide on your own what the hell to do next. But Absolutely. there was pressure. There was definitely pressure, evidenced by the woman that I met, and then all of my favorite porn people leaving. Yeah. That, like, you get to, like, you're, like, 35, and you're like, I gotta go away. Well, I think that's also, like, your bi biological clock ticking. Maybe. And, you know, just the human part of us, because... So so it just I think it just depends on what your personal goals are. And my personal goals are to be in this industry as long as I can yeah. on any any end of the industry, whether it's behind the camera, in front of the camera, on OnlyFans, you know, who knows what's gonna come after OnlyFans because there will be something after this. Yeah. We should work on it. Yeah. Get that mind. 
Um, well, so what we need to do, and this is something that, that I was I was involved in in New Hampshire, was they're trying to um, decriminalize aspects of sex work. Mm-hmm. That will lead the way for things like OnlyFans not trying to overnight deplatform us. Right. They're like, oh, we need we need funding. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna get rid of all. The we gotta stars. change what we're doing. And then they're doing. like, oh, we're sorry, we're sorry, My we're bad. cycling back on this because we had a lot of kickback. Yeah. Yeah. Like they lost they lost probably uh, multi million dollars in a weekend. Right. There were there were a lot of people who spoke out, and I think that they really saw the creator community and were like, okay, we see you, and we should not do this to you. I like that and perspective. I appreciate that OnlyFans. Thank you so much. I'm gonna say that that's that that's what happened. I'm much more pessimistic about everything. I know. That's why you're a comedian. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. It's like we see that we see the darkest of the world. And we're like, no, no, that's what I love. Yeah. I love. And we need comedians in our lives because I don't want to be in that dark, deep place. Wait, but I'll we'll let you there. be in we'll there. Go there. So like, there's videos that I can't release of me and a buddy. We're in a car. We're doing a podcast. It's comedian, comedian. It's why I had to stop doing comedian, comedian podcasts. Mm-hmm. It's because we just talked about suicide for like four hours. Right, yeah. No, no, no one wants to watch that. Like after twenty minutes, the, the people are like this is this is nineteen minutes too long. <laughs> um, what was I going to ask you? I wanted to ask you a thing, and I don't remember what it is because I'm easily distracted. Maybe polyamory. Okay, I like that. So I read an article in New York Times that upset me. There was a person who was a single person, and they were like, "So I had a, uh, because of the podcast, people try and call me when stuff comes out in, in mainstream media." And like mm-hmm. so this girl was trying to date me, and she was like, "Hey, I saw this article. Is this what it is?" I was like, not really. It was like a girl who wrote an article about being single. And she's not a partner. She's single. She's fucking everybody. And good for her. Dude, but I didn't think that that was Polly. So I, I, I have trouble as a cis male, um, like, binary piece of shit, um, understanding new aspects of the world. So what, what is it to be Polly and unpartnered? How does that work? Why, what's, is it? The lifestyle. What's the thing that makes you poly if you if you're not like no. involved in in a relationship? Yeah, yeah. So I think just the ability and the openness to want to have a relationship with multiple people, and and it's more than just a relationship. It's it's a it's an emotional relationship where maybe you're in love with this person, or maybe you're not, and that's okay. And there's no judgment about the love piece, but it's the emotional investment in wanting that person to do well and wanting to make the relationship better, but also accepting that you and or that other person will have other partners and that you might love those partners too. How do you explain to somebody that you love them and another person at the same time? This seems to be a concept people can't handle. It is. It's tricky because you really don't know it until you feel it. And that's the shittiest answer. But when you love somebody and then when you find somebody else you're like, oh, I feel like I'm cheating on this person because I also have strong emotional feelings for this other person. If you haven't communicated that and if that isn't your definition of cheating in that relationship, then I can kind of understand how that emotion would like really take the better of you. But at the same time, if you communicate your, your needs and your desires effectively with the partners that you currently have, that's where the polyamory part comes in. Because if that other partner is okay with you also loving somebody else. Yeah. And, you know, to me, it's it's one of those things where it's kind of crazy to expect one person to be everything for you in a relationship. And that's the poly uh, hinge. Yes, that's is the hinge. That, is that you have to, part of this whole thing is accepting somebody for who they are. Yes. And not getting mad about their flaws and not trying to change them. Exactly. And so if there's a piece of you that doesn't line up with a piece of another person... 
then Polly says, well, then go find the thing that will enrich this piece that you're missing. Right. But doing it ethically and, you know, morally and... and Honestly. Honest non-monogamy is much better than, you know, it's like being the ethical slut. Dudes, yeah, dudes love to just... And I've met women uh, in, in, in my um, periods of dating toxically uh, who, who want to be Polly... But don't want it to be open. They want they want you to be locked down, and they want to go do this. So they're just cheating, and that's, that's and that enriches Yes, the so that's different. And there's just so many different types of relationships when it comes to that kind of thing. Sorry, I'm like putting my hand right here, but we're so awkwardly next to each other. Here's my tiny question. little couch. Yeah, yeah, this is this is a porn couch for sure. <laughs> this is a yes. This is such like not a, quite the casting couch. It's like an audition couch. Yeah, because well, I, mean, I shouldn't be in the shot if that was the, if the casting couch. Yeah, you'd be over there. Yeah. And then, yeah, just be like my feet and my butt or whatever. And so, is there a finite amount of love? I guess that's the thing. That's the question when it comes to loving other people. I think humans have an undefined part of love. Um, It's, you know, what you really have is a defined amount of time. You can't give enough time to two partners as you can to one partner. But, you know, if, if one partner is fulfilling all your needs except maybe a sexual need, then you find that sexual need with somebody else. But being open and honest is what keeps it polyamorous and what keeps it open. And, you know, if you fall in love with that person because of the sexual need that they're giving, that's not disingenuous and that's not cheating. But as long as the lines of communication are open, think about it as if you have a new puppy and an older puppy. The older puppy, you loved him. You you gave him, you know, so it's such a good life. And now you have a new puppy who's coming into the relationship. You don't have enough time for the old puppy, but you you're splitting the, the amount of time that you have between the two. So neither one is getting your full attention, but they both the puppies also have each other. I like the analogy because because what it, what it comes down to is like my dog's potty trained, mm-hmm. but now I got to spend all this time making this other dog understand what the expectations are and so that puppy more than i need that puppy needs my help to figure out how to like be a part of this thing or how to be part of this family and but it is but but then this is the hard part how does old puppy not get jealous yeah jealousy is a really tricky part and you know jealousy is something that makes us human and we feel these emotions and those emotions are very valid and if you feel jealous then that is how you feel and it's very real to you. But if the other partner is like, well, you shouldn't be jealous because I love you, that's not enough, right? And it it takes a lot of communication. Having the open lines of communication and being willing to accept what your partner is telling you is really important because if you say, well, you shouldn't be jealous because I love you too, that might not be enough to satiate that person and to say, okay, well, but what about when you don't love me? Right. You know, and it's it's one of those things that's really hard to, to put in words, but opening the lines of communication between your partners is what's going to make the relationship successful. Any relationship, not just a polyamorous one. I'm just, cause I'm stuck. So I might not, I'm, I might could, um, I might could, it's a Texas thing. Might like could. I might <laughs> could, I might could be in a relationship that's, that's poly, poly open. I have no problem with that, but I, I feel like it'd be harder. It's harder for me to find a partner that's in that space, yeah. especially now, or sure. especially cause I'm not, I'm not communicating in the best way, but I would like, uh, my monogamous partner to, still not feel jealous so i want the aspects of poly and the understanding mm-hmm. because what happens is when you have a monogamous person who's 
jealous, then everything is up for grabs. So like, why did bagel lady give you more yeah. cream cheese? Like, you can't go to that bitch anymore. <laughs> and it's just like, none of, and... Did you flirt with her when I wasn't around? Yeah. Did you well, cheat on why, me by yeah. flirting with the bagel lady? Why did the bagel lady just, why does she know your order? Know. Right. Like, because I'm here five times a week. Right. And so... Well, that's the thing that I've had trouble with right now. I could t- I, this conversation makes it clear that we're both in therapy. Um, <laughs> because we're, yeah. like, you're, you're valid. Everything your you're your feelings valid. are valid. What you're and is true. It's going to be okay. You don't love the new puppy, any the old puppy any less. You just have less time for the old puppy. Yeah. And it's really just a matter of like being, all three partners have to talk. Right. It's and not we, just a one-on-one and a one-on-two. Yeah. It's a one-on-one-two. You know, like you're you're talking to everybody at the same time. It's, it's important okay. to keep the lines of communication open with all the partners because polyamory is loving multiple people. So if you're loving all the people in the relationship, all those people have to communicate together. Do you need your 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 partners? Who's like who's the center focus on the thing? Because you need your partners to then be in love with your other partners. If you're doing, if it's polyamory and that is how, you know, and I don't feel like you, you go into polyamory saying, I'm going to love both of my partners because that's not something that you just decide right away. It's something that develops over time. Right. So I think it's one of those things that, you know, relationships change as we get older and as we grow and as we change within the relationship and it may or may not be something you start out with, but it could be something you evolve into. And it's okay to change relationships over time. You know, it doesn't you have to. You have to. Yeah. It doesn't. It's not human to be the same for the rest of your life. It's gross. No, that's a gross. I'm a comedian. I say I say horrible things. Um, here's a question. Why am I here? Here's a question. <laughs> here's a question. Um, here's a slutty question. How many people have you been in love with at the same time? Oh, that's tough. Oh, look at him adjusting, getting ready for this answer. Like you're like a kid in camp, like, eh, what's your <laughs> Um, so before I was in the industry, I had two partners. One both one was long distance and one was local. Everybody knew. Everybody knew. Complete line of communication was open. Everybody knew when the play happened, what kind of play, like that kind of stuff. It wasn't like play by play. Yeah. But it was also very honest. Yeah. I was in the kink community and the kink lifestyle. I really yeah. enjoyed that. And that is kind of where I felt like I found the most open people. Yeah. And when... It's a Florida I, thing, right? That's, um, that's where yours... No. Yeah. I mean, one partner was in Florida, one yeah. partner was in Chicago. So it was very different. Okay. Because every time I'm in Florida, there was like, there's a kink community here. Yeah. And they don't tell me more things. So like, it's over there. Just go over there. It's over there. Yeah. In, this, in this one warehouse. It's over there. Go there. <laughs> <laughs> so when I had this relationship, it, you know... I got a certain amount of attention and affection from both people and where one person's affection may have been a little bit less because it was long distance and it was, you know, trying to schedule the time to have conversations and all that, you know, work gets in the way, life gets in the way. The other person was there to kind of support me and fulfill me, but it wasn't like they were taking the place of that other partner. They were supporting me and, and being my my partner and my, my lover during that time. That's a good, that's a good way to understand it too. Cause so like, when you're long distance, if you miss a phone call yeah. and you miss the window, it's like the worst it shit. Is, yeah. And it leads to sometimes some like lonely type um, things that you wouldn't otherwise get into. Now you get into because you're like lonely because you missed the window. Right. You're and like, you're like, like, damn it. I, I get to get out of the thing and you're already in bed. And it's like, well, now I don't get to talk in person. But then the, the flip side is 
is if you do have somebody, you know, there's another support system and you're not doing things that are outside of the relationship, then when you do get that phone call in the window, it's like the most exciting shit. It is, yeah. The endorphins are high and yeah. it's exciting. Yeah. But it's also important to communicate in another way. Like the phone call is important, but it's also the texting and the video chatting and sending sexy videos. Like there's so many yeah. different ways to communicate. And I think with like it, lately, like in the last 10 years, I would say it's been much more accepted to send sexy videos and to sext and to do all these other types of communication yeah. that are also really important because yeah, when you have that phone call, it's a, it's a phone call interaction, but it might not, it might just be like catching up on the week because you haven't gotten to talk about that. Right. And then where do you have the sexy time with that person? That's, that, then that actually is difficult because you're like, oh, I fucking you're like complaining about, you know, for me, my landlord. Right. Yeah. You're, you're complaining like, about all the things that happen in life and yeah. work and all that well, kind like, of stuff. My families. And like, now I just realized I'm in therapy. They're like, oh, I have a horrible relationship with my parents. And then I'm like, but also send me your pussy, please. Um, right. It is. And it's a lot to have in one hour conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Be like, oh, I'm having such a struggle talking about my family, yeah. but also I need to see your feet and yeah. your asshole. <laughs> and I love those freckles. Like, that's part of it. Yeah. It, it is weird. And then and then the, the texting, the, the the stuff you're talking about, the, the um, texting and video and all the, the long distance... The technological sex stuff. Text you have to um, give the chemistry there too, because like I'll, I'll be with somebody who like doesn't want to send me masturbation videos, and I'm like, right, because I'm, not everybody's so comfortable with yeah. seeing themselves on camera. And I'm like, but it's like, but I need it. I need it from you, and, and um, so that chemistry has become something recently that's now in play. Because you have the best sex, and then they don't want to send you pictures, and you're like, well, I don't understand. Um, but you got to think, though, also, there are a lot of, there's a lot of stigma around sending that kind of stuff sure. because that stuff gets leaked. And maybe that person's really worried yeah. about potential leaking of so, that information. Here's a good, I used to do the thing where it's like, pay for your porn. Uh, I, I, should, I should start doing this thing now. Guys are awful. Stop. Can we stop being awful? Can we decide together to stop being awful? <laughs> like, there's so many people that are like, uh, if I send you this, can you not show it to anybody? Like I was like, I would never. deeper into this couch with every... Okay. That'd be great if that, just by the end we're just wearing the couch. We're just in the couch and we're just like down here on the on the yeah. video. We're just like, well, yeah. it's been great talking to you guys. All, yeah, I have horrible options. Can we just adjust a little bit? So I'm going to cut this out of the video too. Okay. Well, not, no, I'm not, I don't edit. I don't talk about it. Um, I'll edit for you. Okay, great. That's, that is what I need. I do good. The, the, the people on your side of the industry, I really do need to, we do need to team, team up mm -hmm. and like, because people are editing, people are doing things, and that's stuff that I need to figure out how to build. One of the things I thought I could cheat um, by doing this podcast is like, oh, it's more people have a shit ton of followers. I'll just get their followers. And just take it back off. And of it's them. like I really didn't understand. I know. That like I'm never gonna take because my followers are still mine. They're just gonna yeah, come watch I, their yeah, thing. Right. I'm never gonna take whoever's what's well, yours. Your because what you're doing, that's what, and it's gotten even tighter recently because of TikTok and all the things. It's like mm -hmm. when TikTok first came out, it was like, oh, all I do is videos where I throw eggs at my wall. And then that's it. And then if you did a different video, they're like, what the fuck is what this? What is this? Yeah, yeah. So for a long time, I like comedians were trying to do threes. So we would do, well, this is three of like doing comedy, and this is three of like me at home cooking, and here's three of my puppy. And then eventually, like TikTok really made it. So it's just like, no, just 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 put stand-up videos up. That's the whole page. If you want to do something else, make another page. Yeah. Which made it strange. But it makes me understand the whole thing more. Right? Like... What's the what's the kryptonite post that you could put up that we're like you're not gonna get the same uh, likes? Anything without a photo or a video. Yeah. Like if I'm just like, 
having a great time in the city. People are like, like. Fuck off. <laughs> but, if I, but if I post a picture of like, look at all this lingerie I bought in the yeah. city, they're like, can't wait to see you take uh, it off. <laughs> what is the, and so girls who have specific features, mm -hmm. same thing, like that, that specific feature will get all the likes and then they'll be like, here's my belly. And we're like, fuck you. Yeah. Um, what's face. your, yeah. What's your, what's your best one? What's your best feature on, on, on the internet? Honestly, I hate to say this because it's going to sound so cliche, but people love my smile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say something different. People love my smile. Okay. I mean, they love the titties too. And maybe it's because the titties and the smile are often together. We're in a, we're in the weirdest period of, of porn where, um, we know more about our, our porn stars than we ever have. Yeah. And even when I started this podcast, that wasn't as yeah, true. Yeah, that's absolutely and people true. were like, cut off, and like, oh, my name, and I was doing it, what thing, yeah, I yeah. where I'm at. Um, we're at that place where because of, and, and OnlyFans, Twitter, and all the things like OnlyFans has really made it so that we are accessible, and we can have relationships with our fans. And, and, and now I know enough about my person that, like, what they're doing and what they shouldn't do. Right? So before, it was like, you do mainstream, and you just do whatever the scene is. Yeah. Pizza guy, whatever the cliche <laughs> ones. And then you don't know anything about that person. And so what I was doing with porn, I don't know if I ever told this, I was like putting my own shit on the porn star. And like in my head, I think I was like making for my girlfriend or whoever I needed. And so then I started meeting porn stars and I was like, oh, it's completely different than whatever I did there. And so I, I got weirded out about my own shit of like, why, like, and is it creepy now to like meet somebody and still be their fan and then jerk off to the person that they really are? That seems creepier to me. No, I think that's more genuine. I know, that's why you're here. But uh, that was my, my guess, shit. Yeah, that's your old dad. Because I was like, like, I'd be like, whatever was going wrong in my life, like in a relationship or whatever, what I needed sexually, I would just mm -hmm. find that on the porn thing. Mm -hmm. And, it would and just, porn's great for that. Absolutely. But then when you when you meet that person in person, then it's like, oh, you're not, you're, like, it's, you're not it's, the thing it's I'm act. It's, yeah. a, it's, it's a performance. But not even as much as that is I was doing an extra step where I was just putting my own stuff in there. So like the performance is one step, but then there's the other step where it's like, oh, you look like the girl who broke up. With oh me. yeah. No, don't do that. Right. No, so that's the shit I was doing with porn. That was my relationship with porn. That was odd. Yeah. hundred um, percent. And now I would say you're not alone in that. For sure. You know, hundreds of people. But now we can jerk off that. to the person that they really are. We can jerk and off to their heart. Whole, and that's kind of a whole different like connection. Right? And it really is. And that's, and that's what drives, I think a lot of those sales too. For sure, yeah. Being able to communicate with somebody, and, and even you know, I did a, over a thousand custom videos for my fans last yeah. year, and getting to fulfill their fantasy. Well, just exactly, three a day, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> how do you how do you set that up? Because this this is the thing that I found destructive um, during this period of time uh, when the pandemic went in. Everybody just thinks that they can sell foot pics and that they're going to make rent. And yeah. I'm like, and I get mad, and I'm like, I'm like, do you have any idea, like? How much of a full time job this is? Such a full time job. You can't just my throw up three foot. Right pictures. now, it's just in this fucking right. couch. It's just so nice. It's a picture. But yes. Oh, how, help my foot come out of prison. Yeah. That would so, be the caption. <laughs> so what? What can is we your? We adjust for the seventieth time. What is your? Can we make this? Can we somehow make this couch more comfortable? No, it's it's just that I think this part is like broken in here. Uncomfycouch.com. That could be a whole. That could be a whole thing. It's just you trying to sit on the couch. The entire time, just adjusting fed, being awkward. Fed it up. <laughs> what's your What's your real schedule do that it takes to be successful in OnlyFans? Um, Tell people the real thing. So I, I'm online responding to messages and taking custom orders and you know uploading my feed and that, those types of like maintenance things. Probably 
I, it's definitely seven days a week, but I, I try to keep some kind of hours because I'm not always available. Like, yeah. I sleep too, and if the OnlyFans girl you're talking to seems like she doesn't sleep, it's not her. You're right. It's right. not, she's not I real. Heard, yeah. I don't want to blow this up, but they're, yeah, they're, they're responders. Yeah. Yeah. And, and m most people know that, and they're yeah. aware of that, and Reddit has made it very, very known that that's right? what it is. Yeah. That there's just like a person ready to go. Yeah. And it's just, that's disingenuous to me. I like to connect with my fans on a real level. So yeah. for me, I like to just keep, you know, like I wake, whenever I wake up, I wake up my OnlyFans. Right. And then I talk about all that and um, talk, respond to messages overnight. And because, you know, people are in different time zones and I understand right. that. I, there are some people I'll never be able to talk to online. Yes. Just like, just like somebody might poop at a certain time. I can horny at a certain time at night. <laughs> and some people you'll just never be able to have a live conversation with because they're, just seven hours ahead of you yeah. and it's a different time zone so um you know i work from seven or eight until 10 yeah so you you're know? working 14 hours a day and it's not like i'm sitting at the computer responding like a, you know for 14 hours it's yeah. not you know there, there are breaks within that take you know take sure, time. sure sure sure, sure. And same thing with other platforms like sex panther and but it's so much work it is a lot of work. It's, re it's a real it's, profession. It's absolutely more than a real profession. Yeah. I feel like we put in more hours because then I'm also on set. And the times that right. I'm on set, then I'm on set and I'm doing double duty on OnlyFans trying to talk to everybody and be like, hey, guys, I'm on set, like sending out sexy pictures from set. Is anybody doing that video? Video? I like that video where where it's like, so it's behind the scenes, but it's also like you're doing you're doing a scene and you get a break and then, and then somebody just hands you a cell phone and then you got a text your fans. Yeah. And then they hand you another the cell BTS. phone. And then you take a picture of your pussy. And yeah. then you, they hand you a different cell phone. And then you're sending, like, whatever, like another arm phone. <laughs> right. <laughs> I want to see that content. Because that makes me... I think that would be a lot of fun. Because that's, like, the true reality of yeah. it. Because I have two phones. One for Sex Panther because I get so many texts a day that it would be unmanageable if I got them into my real phone. Right. And then my real phone, I'll take all the sexy pictures on and then you know, their iPhone so I can just airdrop them to each other yeah. and send out the photos to my fans, yeah. which is awesome. But it's, it's a lot of fucking work. And so when I do take two weeks off, it's like, I kind of fall off the map and yeah. I fall, you know, like everything falls off because if I'm not doing it, nobody else is doing it. But you can time, but there's time posts now, right? So you can even do that. Sure. Sure. Yeah. But, and, and that's, Yes, to a certain point, but then there, I come home after two weeks and there are a thousand messages yeah. on OnlyFans because yeah. I haven't actually talked to anybody for right. two weeks. Right. So it's it's tricky in that regard, but I feel like the management of it, I also don't feel like I have so many fans that I have to have somebody else doing it. Do you know, do you have like a number? How does this work? For people that like, that like for really, no, no, like for people that are like really successful at mm -hmm. the entertainment in general, the, like I was hanging out with a buddy who's like super, um, like like pertinent in like in South Africa and I, we were just talking I was like yeah because you have 112 you, I go because you have 100,000 100, 100, followers he goes 112 and he's like what 112 but NBD 112 so like and he knows how many people like live in each of the countries that he's like putting content out in are you like down to that thing where you like you like know how many people are actively giving you support in, in, the, in the way of funds in any given month like not really I don't really look at it like that because if I'm if I'm chatting with you on a platform, it's a pay-to-play chat yeah. platform. So Sex Panther, OnlyFans, Loyal Fans, those types of places, it's that's where I spend most of my time because yeah. it's you know that's where I make the most of my money. But yeah. it's also the place where the fans value me the most because they understand that it's pay-to-play and they're willing to do that because yeah. they just want to support me and they love me and they are excited to see my new content. Sure, sure. Um, 
So, like, Twitter DMs aren't it. Instagram. If I'm DMing you on Instagram, it ain't me. Sorry, oh, sorry to burst your bubble. Yeah, yeah. But my only Instagram is <laughs> Beyond Good. Expectations. Yeah, you've had a problem with the Instagram. I have. I'm on my fifth one. Yeah. I'm not alone in that. How? Many, no, many performers sure. have had way worse than me. I've honestly just stopped posting on Instagram, which is why I still keep my Right. Account. Well, so here's That's what... fucked up. Here's what... Here's what I've seen since we're doing this thing. What do we say? Five years, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, first, it was if you're if you're like under a certain number of followers and you do something, you're like the first to go. Mm. Then they started um, the who were hacking accounts. That was like a that's phase. a big thing. Yeah, hacking was a big thing. Then it became you could have a million followers, and you're like the reason why Instagram exists. And then they'll still take your account down. Mm-hmm. And then recently, they've just stopped telling people why. Yeah, that's the new thing, and, like, it's really their prerogative, which is kind of fucked up, but, you know, if you break the terms of service, they can say you broke it for whatever reason, and they don't really have to give you your account. Right. And with Twitter, if you make a backup account that's technically an illegal, or against the terms of service, uh, you're you not supposed it. to have multiple accounts. Oh. So if you get banned off Twitter, and then you get you make another account, and you're like, okay, deleted at 145,000 like that's just more ammo for them to delete you again because oh, it's against the terms of service to have multiple accounts promoting the same thing so I, I have don't know a, why somebody writes deleted at 140,000 just be like because that's because in their head? The, no because they want people to be like it's not a thousand follower account yeah. I had this many followers and I'm real and I'm yes so I don't know for me I have two accounts on Twitter one is to promote my sex doll one is to promote me and I very clearly state this is an account promoting the sex doll modeled after Lexi Luna XOXO, yeah. which is my Twitter handle. And <laughs> crush it! I don't even see those plugs. Yeah, just, <laughs> just, like Bill Burr's got his own thing. <laughs> and and the other account is my actual porn account, which I've had since 2016. So it's really just a matter of following the terms of service to, yeah. to the T. And if you're making a backup account for your main Twitter, then you're just breaking the terms and you can get right. both of those accounts deleted. And then also, if you make a backup account, then then you can't get verified because you can find another you. Right? Yeah, I don't know how that works. I've not been verified and I've tried many times. It's crazy. And they just keep fucking denying it. It's crazy. Uh, I didn't, okay, so tell me, let's talk about the sex doll. Okay. I don't know. How does this, pro, how does this process take place? How far are you into it? And then... Um, what do I what do I get? Tell me the whole thing. I don't know how to start. Okay, so the sex doll is released. Um, we started this in gosh, April of twenty twenty, so like during the pandemic, like right. height of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, a company reached out to me, Sex Doll Canada, and they partner with WM Doll in China. And basically, they I went to the studio uh, to get three D scanned. Okay. So there were. Oh, you didn't have your mold. No, because the. Shipping the molds to China, it's very likely that they'll break. Yeah. So we decided to go with the 3D scan and instead of... And it's smarter. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's technology. They're going to figure it out. They got sure. The, it's like, how long ago the hologram of Tupac? We're good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they, there were like 150 cameras, DSLRs, in this cage. And you stand in the cage and they all like turn on and it's like this, like, it looks like 100 bats are looking at you. Yeah. They just like look at you at once. And uh, so they turn off all the Did lights. Do you get a camera shot? Because there's too many, like, what's the number of the... No, what's there? the number of cameras <laughs> in your face that, yeah. So you stand... After 40, I get up <laughs> You stand in the cage and you do the face, facial expression that you want the doll to have because that's kind of what it's going to be. So I kind of did this, like, face. Yeah. Because you, you, you can't close your mouth. 
No, right, because you, the dick's got to go in there. It has to be. Thank you for explaining it. And it's kind of... Because the, the dick yeah. has to go in there. It has to go in there. <laughs> so they take an image at the same time, and then they put it into the computer, and the computer creates a composite image, and it, it's a, basically a full 360 view of you. Once once you get that, do you see the thing, and then do you get the opportunity to like be like, hey, that's not... I don't want my... I don't want my, like armpit to look like that or whatever like do you get that um not really because it's it's you're more standing like you're standing like the doll would stand so it's not like an awkward weird thing and they're not and they can't fuck it up because it's a picture right and so that's like the general image they use to kind of create the negative mold of the doll and then you can go in and you know adjust certain things and it's like okay well the picture didn't really like transfer the image the way that i that move it your, is. Move your belly button up three inches. Yeah, different things like that. You know, it's like, oh, this boob looks bigger, but that's just maybe because I was slightly shifted towards the yeah. camera this way. So there were a little bit of adjustments okay. that were made through that. And then um, and then we just went through different models. And every time we would make an adjustment, and, you know, you're communicating with, with the WM doll in China, so there's a little bit of a... Uh, Excuse me, a little bit of a language barrier. Sure. So sometimes I would go into Photoshop and like circle things and, and move and show them how to make the adjustment. And um, and now you know this doll looks very much like me. Yeah. And I'm very pleased with it. I think that it looks fantastic. How it, many other people are part of the like the like your your I don't know your cell of how many other people are, are have a have a doll in the same company? In the you same know? company, none. Real Doll so is probably the biggest competitor, yeah. and Real Doll has has stars like Stormy Daniels, Asa Akira. But you're the you're the lead spokesperson for this whole thing. For this particular company, yeah. I'm the only porn star they Did have. Did you get to feel like? Um, well, what do they make otherwise? They just make they what, make they sex make dolls of you know just generic sex yeah. dolls. Um, did you get to like feel the? Did you get to decide what your skin like? No, it's all TPE material. Like? It's all TPE material, and it's basically, you know, like the like. I got to tell them my breast size, yeah. and then they made that size of breast. Yeah. So it wasn't like I got to decide how soft or firm right, it was. Right. Do you, and you have one. I have one. Do you, and I, it's, yeah, I'm gonna be getting a second one. Is it like it when it you is, put it next to you? It is my height. Exactly. It looks just like me, and that's one of the unique things about it is it does weigh 117 pounds, so it is. Right. It's a little bit less than my weight, but yeah. obviously, like they take some of the weight out of the legs and knees and stuff like that, so that you can transport hurt. her. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nobody get it hurt. Also, because right. that's a lot of weight to lift on your own. Like you're fucking this thing. Yeah, you have yeah. to move her around. Yeah. She's got a steel skeleton. I'm 39. I haven't tried to do standing 69 in a long time. I don't know if I still got it. You know what I mean? Well, um, yeah, you can put her on her head or just I, pop but, her head off. But and I, put her that on was one of my moves. That was one of my like early sex moves oh. to impress people. <laughs> Was the standing sixty nine? Flip you over and I was like, yeah. The thing that really impresses girls is you being able to successfully make them come with your tongue. (laughs) That's the real impressive part. So don't worry about the crazy acts. Just worry about like being really good at your thing. That's fair. Um, I'm trying to think what other weird sex doll questions to ask you. I like. Uh, Let me tell you some things. Let me let me guide you in this because I've recently done my very first porno with the doll. You did. I did a custom video for a fan and. We, Lucas Frost, who is a fantastic male performer, came over and uh, basically helped me fuck this doll. But he, so there was like this voiceover part where I'm talking as though I'm trapped in the doll. Yeah. And then um, when he comes inside me, I come to life. And then I'm Lexi uh, Luna. So the doll, the thing that is very strange is when you fuck her mouth, her eyes bulge because, you know, Lucas has, is very well endowed. There's only so much material. There's only so much space in that skull. Right. And, you know, like it's a tube in yeah. the mouth. So... 
you're fucking her and her eyes go, <laughs> and it's kind of creepy, but it's also really comical because yeah. of course that's what's going to happen because it's just TV. And, and as, and as people start to use the thing, that'll become part of what's, what's that's the good. reality. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the reality and of like, I want people to see what this doll looks like when it's actually being fucked. I'm not trying to hide anything from it. Yeah. There are sleeves you can put in the vagina so you, it's easier to clean. Yeah. We also, by the way, we love... Men love to think that our that our penises can destroy things. For sure. It's like our favorite thing. This is very much going to yeah. appease that yeah, yeah, side yeah. of you. I, call it I just tore the doll up. I like fucked her skull. Yeah. Her <laughs> eyes popped out of her head. Her she nose. I broke her nose from she inside of her head. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. love that. Um, wait, so this is what, so you're not on you're not on camera at the same time. No, we're not. So I already started going to you licking like, the doll's pussy? No. <laughs> thank you. I'm there now. Like, no, Thank there. you. No, I'm I'm too I'm too like like um like I the thing that I've been saying uh, recently, which is weird, is like I wish there like when I'm doing something something like I wish there was another me, so that I like so that he could come fuck you on the other side. <laughs> so that's they also have male sex dolls for sure. But I'm saying like like you sta- stacking you with a bunch of yous seems amazing. That does seem especially really to cool. your fans. Just like how many of yous can we get in there? Yeah. I just, am I just am I writing? I like to get. Am I writing? Keep writing, keep writing. Yeah. I got. I'm I, taking mental notes. I get writing credit on this. Um, I'm put written by Dan Freeland. Yeah. Let me. Well, I would love to write one by the way. Because so I wrote the um the 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 the, the show here. Um, uh, um, not X Space. What? Uh, Exotica. What's the exotic the Exotica? Um, I don't know what I can think of it. Yeah. The um the award show. Um. The award show that they do in New Jersey. Oh, I can't think of the name of it. Only one I need works, so I don't have one. Anyway, there's a show, and I wrote the, and I wrote the show, and it was so much fun to write that stuff, to write to that. So I, I, I do think I do think that would be fun that I could write um, porn scripts. Yeah. I think that would be a fun uh, way to go. I can hook you up with some of that. Are you, by the way, you said before, so you said where your career is going to go. Are you directing? Are you, is that your plan? Um, I don't, is that the I don't know if it is my plan. You yeah. know, I don't know if I really have that in me. I like coming up with the ideas. But I also, I'm more of like a model coach, I think. Okay. Where I help model, new models learn how to move their bodies and show them how to pose and, and how to fuck the, the way that makes their body look like the way that you see veteran porn stars. Okay, so I'm just starting. I think I'm hot shit. I'm a hot little um, four foot eleven girl. Right. Um, I want to show you how to bend that, like how to arch your back yeah. just the right way and what that feels like in sex because it's totally different than the way you normally have sex. Yeah. And the way you normally have sex isn't camera friendly, you know? Explain that. Being able to know when to open up, how to turn on to your side for missionary, all the different ways that makes makes it easy for producers and directors to work with you because you're, you know, you kind of understand how your body works and how it moves and where to move so that the camera can see. Because you have to think the camera always has to see all the penetration. Yeah. And, you know, you always want to have your hands doing something. You're pinching your nipples, rubbing your clit, touching the guy, being involved in the Don't scene let your fully. Hands be yeah, empty. like, what are these hands that I have? And it's just those those little things that you learn, you'll learn it over a couple of years, yeah. but if you can get that head start and really know it from the beginning, I feel like you can really advance your career. A and you can charge a person for this. I mean, I guess I could, but I would more probably charge a company to be a model like Lee's in that capacity. You just, you just, you just, you're just on set or you, what, what, what would that role look like if you chose a company? You're on set or you meet with I'd probably beforehand. be on set, maybe be on set, maybe meet beforehand. I, you know, I really don't know. I don't think there's really anybody that's doing anything like this Turn right now. your hips. <laughs> Perfect. Right. But and that sounds like a director. 
Kind of, but you know, the director is also looking at the shot and making yeah. sure the background's good and making sure that the talent are going to be land in the spot that they sure. need to land. There's a lot more going on, and it's also a lot easier for a female to tell another female, sure. "Hey, if you just do this, it helps a lot more, and it's far less comfortable, but it's gonna, yeah. you know, this would this would it, it's supposed to feel like." Because having a male director tell you, um, right. "Oh, honey, can't you just open up your leg a little bit more?" Like, right. no, she really can't. Right. <laughs> you know, right? And you know, there are companies that have model liaisons in that capacity, but they're more for you know, making sure that the consent is there and that type of thing, not so much about teaching the model how to pose her body. Okay. Make sure the consent is there. So yeah, there's been some controversies recently with old with people that were at the beginning of the industry and people that are new in the industry. Mm -hmm. People new in the industry were able to take down some people old in the industry because they're like, I would not do that. The thing on the paper that we said we're doing, we're doing that. Right. Um, do you think in the amount of time that you've been in the industry that um like clear consent has has changed at all, or did you come in at a time when that's that was like a very important specific thing? Right, I kind of came in at a time right before clear consent was discussed on camera, okay. recorded, yeah, and it was all you know everybody signed a checklist and yeah. you went through an actual checklist and talked like I don't do anal, it's okay if you lick my ass, but don't put anything in my ass, right. you know, and all those pieces are really important. But I I came into the industry just before that, and I feel like that really started after like in and after the pandemic yeah, where a lot of people were like, Oh, we've kind of been doing models dirty and not sure. giving due diligence and not making sure that they feel, feel safe on set. Right. So I've seen a lot of companies shift towards doing consent checklists and you, you know, you're you're with your male partner and with the director all right there and you're recording it. So everybody has, you know, proof that the conversation happened. Yeah. And if something were to happen later, it's like, well, this is what was agreed to on the consent checklist. Even though consent is in the moment, yeah. if we say, and at the end they'll say, if at any time during this video you feel like you you said yes to something but you no longer want to do it, it's perfectly fine. Okay. Just you know, say something. What if you what if the, what if you do it and it's just not going the way you want? Yeah, just yell cut. And, you can say, and everybody you can, like, makes you feel it. super yeah. yes, safe word cut, right? Whatever. And then you can't and then you can't air it. Right, and they'll edit around that, and yeah. we'll have a conversation. You know, we'll stop the filming, yeah. and we'll have a conversation about what to do next and where right. you want to go from here. But I, I started in an area in an era where that really wasn't super discussed. Yeah. But I came in at 26, and I was very like, these are my limits, and I will not go past it. Sure. Now I know a lot of people don't didn't have the power to do that, so well, I feel very fortunate in my age and my ability to say those things. Well, because because the people came in strong off of like self camming. Mm -hmm. When you got here, at least that's my perception. I can't speak to that specifically, but that seems to be my perception. And that wasn't what it was before. So then, like, you self camming, you, you make all the decisions. So yeah. then now you're like, okay, no, I'm just not comfortable with that. And then before it was like, well, you don't want to do that, then we'll just find another girl. Mm -hmm. um, right. And so. Yeah, it was saying? a little bit of a, it was a little bit of like a threat. Like, oh, well, if you don't want to do it, we'll just find somebody find else. Somebody will do it. And that's not really the way it goes anymore. Yeah. And not in the big companies. I know that these type of non-consensual things still happen in the like person-to-person -person interaction sure. peer to peer. Well, let me go let me go a step further. And this this bothered me. I was doing an interview recently and they pitched me as a person who might have a podcast about porn. And these men who are older than me were like convinced that porn um, is linked to like sex trafficking. And I could not explain to them how not much that represents porn now mm -hmm. and and that was frustrating for me because and then that's what i feel like there's, there's there's still some old ideas around about coercion and about like this lack of consent and so it's like i think a lot of um 
weirdly enough, sex positivity in the in the non-porn space doesn't cross over because it's a, for some reason they think that like if you're sex positive, like in the streets, that's different than what's happening in porn. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to bridge these spaces. And this yeah. is, this has been a thing for me that I'm trying to understand because like with people being sex positive and open, um, somehow porn is getting missed. And, you know, I think that has a lot to do with certain New York Times articles that have been written about how, you know, Pornhub is the problem, right? Is that right? There, I didn't you know, see that there's, a, there's an article in the New York Times I'll tell you about when we're done here. Yeah. And, uh, so now that's three problematic New York Times articles recently. Oh, yeah, New York the Times one, is a problem. The one, that I, the one that I had with Polly, mm-hmm. uh, I saw another one that was about Findom. It wasn't about Findom. It was a girl selling pictures of her feet, and God bless her. But that's not Findom. That's not Findom. And then whatever, the Pornhub one. Um, so no one is informed and no one is the... Um, and no one is asking us to be, like, sure. they're not trying to find the information. Sure. That's they're just fair. making it, they're, they're finding people in the industry who've either left the industry in a poor in a poor way where they were not happy and they didn't like what happened. Right. Um, so, of course, they're not going to say positive things about the industry. Right. But they're also not reaching out to the heavy hitters in the industry to get a statement or to get any kind of insight. They're not actually doing the journalistic work. They're just right. making assumptions based on people's poor experiences. And, and, and you can find a poor experience in any industry. It's right. not just us. So it's one of those things where it's like, well, are you going to do your due diligence? Or right. are you just going to take the easy route and write this article and bash us because, you know, you've got different religious organizations who are willing to support you? We are still a very, very puritanical place. And it, it kind of blows my mind. Yeah. yeah. I've had, I've lost gigs because of um, sitting on a couch talking to a porn star. It's yeah. It's so ridiculous. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. They're like, do you do porn? I'm like, no, and I explain the thing, and they're like, well, we can't have you. And it's like, it's a very strange, but I get it. I get, I get that that's a thing that still controls our country, and to, to think that it doesn't. Um, yeah, I mean, it's still really controlling the world. Spain just recently is de- is recriminalizing sex work. Is that right? Yeah. So, what are hot places to, to film outside of the U.S.? Never done it. Never. I wouldn't do it. It's you wouldn't. Not do it. Worth it to me. It's not worth potentially getting caught. I don't know what the laws are in other countries right. regarding that kind of thing. And I don't want to end up in jail in another country and have to deal with all that mess. It's just not worth it. There was an article I read about girls, I think in Dubai taking nude photos on their balcony with the Dubai landscapes. What are you doing? Yeah, like scary. don't, it's not worth yeah. the fucking photo. You have to get photo. a license to drink alcohol. That's a scary place. Yeah. Like if I can't, if I can't walk down the street at the same pace as a man, I do not need to be shooting porn there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a scary space. Um, so, what are, what are, it's interesting because I didn't anticipate working this thing so long and seeing people, um, like, be so successful because mm-hmm. um, I didn't really realize or understand how the thing works. What are, what are upcoming goals? What's, like, a middle goal? And then what's, what's like, your, your within reach, but, but like, long-term goal right now? Okay, upcoming goals. I am going to be making my first, like, full Lexi DVD that I'm going to produce myself. Great. It's not necessarily going to be like a full like feature type thing where it's you know like moody and all that. It's kind of going to be funny and yeah. I'm just kind of keeping it light, doing a fun project with and some it's, friends. It's a, it's a it's a single narrative or it's, or it's broken into. Tons? Um, it'll be an overall narrative, but the scenes won't necessarily like it doesn't. It's not all going to happen like at the same time. Yeah. Right. So um, I'll give you some more info when we're done, and it'll be. Uh, I'm actually trying to to make something for award season okay. regarding it. So right. I don't want to give yeah, details yeah, yeah. too much. Yeah, sure. Um, and then an upcoming goal, 
So that's the upcoming goal. And then like the middle goal would be... Wait, so, how, so how long? That's so going to be between now... Months. Yeah, in six okay. months. And then the, the middle goal would be more um, social media presence, more yeah. TikTok, doing TikTok. Like I sure. have an account, but I have not ever talked and, or ticked. I don't know. Ticked or talked. I've never ticked nor talked. That's the cutest I've ever seen. Um, I don't know the um, how restrictive is TikTok. Um, pretty, but I also am very aware of that. I've, yeah. I've watched all my friends lose their TikTok accounts. Okay. And, you know, I'm, I really just want to show my personality more. I want to yeah. be more open with my fans. I started out that way, and yeah. then I kind of got busy doing scenes and being busy and OnlyFans and pandemic and everything happened. So I want to get back into to the roots and to more just, like, being my per perky, puppy, fun yeah. self. And do that's what spelling bee content. Do some spelling bee content. <laughs> you know, because that's what my fans really fell in love with in the first place, and that's really who I am. Yeah. And I just want to get back into doing more of that stuff. And I want to do it in a way that I can actually present it to people, not just have ideas in my head that'll never come to pass. Right. So I actually physically want to make TikToks and I want to do more on Instagram and go live more yeah. um, on platforms that are not paid because that's where I'm going to find my next fans. Right. And once you figure out your lane, I guess it's a good way to say yeah. it. Yeah. Right. It feels very easy to yes. like, make that content. Yes. You're always Because now you're thinking in that space. Yeah. And you I don't know, right now, I don't know what TikToks will hit. So and, I'm just going to kind of do a bunch and see what my fans is, love the and most. And that is what's weird is like I've watched, you know, comedians and people in your industry try to figure out a thing. And then once something takes hold, you just got to grab onto yeah. it and just let I, it take the ride. I feel like that happened to me a couple of years ago, pre-pandemic, uh, when I decided to really embrace the, the MILF profile. Yeah. Where, you Were know, you trying to fight it before? I wasn't not trying to fight it. I think I wasn't just really, like, I wasn't exploring it enough. Yeah. I had done a few scenes that were MILF-based or, like, old women in charge-based. Yeah. But I wasn't really doing a whole lot. And in Exoticas, I would always, like, try to dress in bikinis like the other girls were doing. Yeah. And that's just not my look. Like, yeah. I'm the one who dresses in pencil skirts and, and, top, and, like, MILF tops. Right. So once I started doing that, more fans felt comfortable coming up to me because I wasn't dressed in basically nothing. Right. I was dressed like a woman oh, and I was, sure. I was really portraying the way yeah for sure yeah. you know you're going up to this beautiful woman who's wearing two pieces of clothing like they're all like you know five they know <laughs> they know they're hot you know they're hot and you're and who it's are you? intimidating yeah. for sure yeah you know I, mean? I was like i was like avoiding making eye contact with people at the conventions yeah. for a couple of years and then like somebody like had to walk into the aisle and be like dan you know, like, yeah. and like, and like, and like, got out of her line, and I was like uncomfortable. And yeah. it's like, come hang out. What are you doing? Yeah, um, it's I'm hard. the same way. I'm it's very hard. I'm the same way, especially around pretty girls. Like, it's it's hard to be <laughs> like, uh, I'm. I don't want to look at your tits, so I don't know where to look. Yeah, you know, I don't look at your ear. Like, where are we going here? <laughs> and so I noticed that once I started looking more like the way that I looked in the scenes that they saw me in they felt a little more comfortable with yeah. coming up. And even new fans, like I've met far more people because they were like, oh, hi, you're clothed and I feel like I can talk to you yeah. in a real way. Um, not that the girls who are wearing bikinis shouldn't do that. It's well, I just think totally we don't, their look. I, I think we want to separate a part of it too because we don't want to show up and be, like I don't want to be, I'm going to be creepy at home. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to seem creepy when I show up. Sure. And I don't think, and I don't think the performers want to be feel crapped on either so it's like i'm gonna be i'm gonna try to i'm gonna hold it together mm -hmm. and we'll go home and be a and be a pervert um like like the way it's supposed to be right yeah, yeah, I keep it yeah. <laughs> so yeah that was that was kind of like the big realization for me was like 
be the thing you are. Yeah. It's okay. You don't have to create a second persona. Just be yourself, and people will love you. And then figure, yeah, then figure out how to play that thing, and then how to market it. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah. that, that's really just that's just the best advice for anybody who's doing anything, anything. entertainment. Anything entertainment. It, it shows. It's so hard to make a second persona. Like, I do not have time to be two people. And it shows, and to, yeah. Yeah, to when you're, When that. you're not doing real stuff, it shows. And then even not even that, it's like if, if you break for a second, it confuses people, and then they want... Mm-hmm. They like don't feel like it's real, and then it's the disingen- disingenuous part yeah. is really the thing that I always try to stay away from. I like connecting with people, even if it's for a little bit of time on set or whatever it is. I just like I like to, to take a piece of you with me. Yeah, and like even this, is, yeah. you know, like we haven't talked in a while, and like you've been through so much, and I've been through so much. Yeah. Like we've all been through it, yeah. and so it's just like getting to reconnect. Just feels like you know we're like being friends again, yeah. and just being that that human piece is really important. Yes. And, and again, because of my weird relationship with porn, which has changed, uh, I, I, I just didn't, I didn't understand that. And I understand, I didn't understand, it's just interesting to see the way people, and the way the thing has evolved and the way people utilize porn as part of their relationships, part of the things that they, that they, sure. like, um, and then maybe even like from a poly perspective, part of like getting, um, quenching a thirst that they might not be able to quench otherwise in the world. Um, those are all important things. You know what's a piece that I didn't realize recently? I don't know if this is important to say on. I don't know if I should say this. I think there's a lot of people that, um, I think most people don't get to fuck who they want to fuck. Mm, and that's like a big part of who we are as people. I think so. Um, and for a myriad of reasons. And so I was operating under the idea as an arrogant male that like, I just get to like, like everybody that I've been with is just like, cause that's how I wanted them. It's like, it's not it's got nothing to do with it. And also, like, the older I get and the more I, like, look mortality in the face, it's like, you know, uh, I'm going to be an old creepy man at some point. Sure. And so feeding that little thing and then also, like, like normalizing it and, like, shrinking the gap between, like, being able to get something and then not, not have to be creepy about it mm-hmm. is going to, like, make a lot of things better. Yeah. And, and, the, and the more we, like, destigmatize porn yeah. and normalize it, like takes out the the worst parts on either end. If that yeah, if that happens with anything you're destigmatizing, yeah. right? And once you shine a light on it, like it's no longer a scary thing. Yeah, and we're in this weird, we're this we're in, we're in this fun space where we're finally like telling people to like accept and have the sex they're supposed to have. Whereas before it was like, and both are still fun. Where you're like like having the sex you're not supposed to have is fun. Like that's what's fun about sex is that it's like it's wrong. Yeah, but then now it's fun that it's right. Yeah. And the two are fighting, and I don't know who's going to win. I don't think either one has to win. I think they both have a place to exist that's in the porn. Like, that's the thing about porn. It gives a space for everything, and especially with being able to access porn so much easier these days, you can find your thing, whatever it is. Yeah. Just, and, it, it, and hundreds of girls have done it. Yeah. Where hundreds of people have displayed that. And it, it, again, takes away but also adds the taboo factor, right? Yeah. It, it takes it away from the society piece, but it also really adds it into your own. You know, like how, how taboo is taboo for you, it's different for every person. Right. So it, it's one of those things that makes it really, like once you shine a light on something, it makes it available, accessible, and consensual, and sane, and happy, and a positive experience. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sexy People Podcast. Wherever you're hearing us, we're on the other thing. If you're on Google, we're on Apple. 
et cetera, et cetera. Everywhere that you are, we are. And if you switch platforms, we'll be there too. This is the Sexy People Podcast. This is part one of my episode with Lexi Luna. Part two will come back next week. Uh, you can pick up with our chat there. Thank you so much for listening. Please follow her, pay for her porn and all the things. And we will see you and hear you and you'll hear us next week for part two.